0: Hi Onyx fam, welcome to the Onyx Life where change comes with challenge. My name is Murthel.
1: And I'm Rita. Every episode we take you on a journey moving you from the struggle life to the Onyx life, creating happy homes and financial empires. Today we're going to be talking about the 7 Habits of Highly Effective People Part 2.
0: Alright, so last time we talked... We covered the first four habits that the Onyx family has adopted into their life. Uh, be proactive, habit number one. Begin with the end in mind, habit number two. Put first things first, habit number three. And think win-win, habit number four. Today, we are going to begin with habit number five. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. Now, this is a really important one. And, you know, looking back... I believe that we have gone through so many arguments, me and Rita, throughout our marriage. And I just wish that we had implemented this habit earlier than we have. I think that we're doing it now for sure. And it has really created an atmosphere of a happy home. But I can only imagine how much further and how much faster we would have reached where we are today if we had just been more intentional in imp- implementing habit number five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. It is so paramount, not just for relationships, but it is so instrumental for even business. Seek first to understand, then to be understood.
1: I think about a lot of our arguments. And before we started the podcast, Merthel said, is there an argument that we can talk about that could really illustrate this point point. and i was just thinking like uh every argument <laughs> you know everyone because it's always about no you need to understand my point no right. no but what i'm saying is this and you you, you 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 could be planning what you're saying while the other person's even talking oh absolutely so you don't even care what they what they're saying you're, you're always you're still focused on yourself and my point i need to be understood so, and yeah, half the there's time a thousand arguments we've had where this could illustrate it.
0: I, I, literally, I, I think a thousand would be an understatement. I think that we have an arsenal of filed away arguments. Yeah, and you In know fact, that
1: was a dangerous question to ask me. Which one? Yes, because now I have to, what, go through all my file of resentments? <laughs> like, you know, no, that's I'll not good. I'll yeah. grudge
0: up the argument and then we would never even start this podcast. Exactly. I mean, we argued so much that... I remember several times we would be we would say because um, I I just made a joke about we had so we have so many filed away, but do you remember how many times we have tried to even like contemplate and even have tried to record an argument that never works out though. But but the whole point is this. See, you're, you're to about this.
1: to start something now because I mean that <laughs> yes. no, that because, one you know. Yeah, I'm just no, because mm, because it
0: always ends uh-huh. up being like it always ends up being. No, you said this. And then the argument, it it, it ends up blo- mushrooming into not even what it began with. Mm-hmm. It starts going off into how it was said or no, that's what was said. I don't recall it that way. And and it's phrased. I don't recall it that way because it. would <laughs> and,
1: and, and, and that's the thing, because there's always one person who, quote, doesn't remember, end quote. So, you know, like I said. You know, we.
0: Yeah, it sounds like we're about to get we, it popping uh, right now. <laughs> yeah, no. but we
1: seeking first to understand then to be understood.
0: And, uh, and another thing good. that happens, another thing that happens. And I, and I and I think it's I think it's healthy to kind of talk about the unhealthy communication style before we even get into the healthy communication style, because I think a lot of people could probably resonate with this. Then then the voice starts to raise and then the interruptions. So there's so that you can never get your point out. And, and, and voices raise when you can't get your point out and it just keeps on going up and up and up until it is just
1: until someone wants to either leave or, you know. Right. Just. Yeah, it's just too much. It's too much.
0: And um, and maybe like one of the things that the book highlighted, it, it highlighted common communication, communication styles that are not effective. And so they say What people will do is they will try to agree or disagree with what is said. So people come into the conversation, they're like, okay, I agree with that and I agree with that, but I disagree with this. And like you said, we start to mount up our argument almost like it's a debate club or it's some kind of law firm. You know, you're in the courtroom (laughs) and you have your argument. And even when you're silent, you think the person's listening to you, but they're not listening at all. That person is fully waiting to just charge in and to get their point across
1: but I feel like there's three things why you get to the point where you do now understand seek to understand before you're understood is because I have now experienced with you a much more calming time in our relationship and I feel like it's all these three things one I feel like you have you and I are more alike now than we were before. Two, I feel like we are now we have we more seek to be in the other person's shoes in order to understand, you true, know, true. and and really just say, OK, wait a minute. let me. If I was merthel in this position, you know, what what would he be? What would I think? You know, what would I be thinking?
0: I am so tired. And I think that that's where um, the motivation came to begin empathetic listening and it's not that i didn't understand the concepts because i would teach empathetic listening and active listening and all these techniques in counseling sessions but one of the things that motivated me to do it in my relationship is i was so tired of judging rita um having snap judgments but then You know, maybe years down the line or months down the line, you know, realizing, okay, now I actually hear your point. Now I see where you're coming from.
1: And that well, that leads me into my third reason why I think it goes away is because I feel that you come to a point in your life or your marriage and your relationship where you say, you know what? I think I'm just going to be quiet and I'm not going to make, like you said, a judgment on this or I'm not going to complain about this. It's a choice it might not have anything to do with actually understanding the person or or being like you know like that person but it's more now like a choice like i just am not going to say something right now and it becomes and if you exercise that it becomes more of a habit Mm -hmm. and then peace comes
0: well because you're not just saying i'm not going to say something because i know how it's going to turn out Mm -mm. you're saying i'm not going to say something because i have realized that when i stop and i observe Mm-hmm. And I reflect on what is being said I come to a place of understanding rather than coming to a place of arguing My Or point. some
1: things just don't need to be said all the time So True. for example, you like to go and run errands You like to go just drive It could be late at night You like to go and drive <laughs> Yeah. But I used to always be like, "Why? where are you going? Why do you have to go? Why do you have to do that? Well, I like to be in the car I like to just listen to the radio and drive and then I, I would always be like, but it's late, you know, bad things happen at night, <laughs> you know? Right. And, you know, you just get to a point where you say, wait a minute. Are we gonna have the same discussion over and over and over and over again? Sure. Is he gonna be like, is she gonna, when is she gonna stop nagging me? You know, and just let him be him. Just let him, let Marthel be Martel. Do mm-hmm. you? And this is sometimes the choice that you have to make where you're just like, you may not agree with it. Yeah. You may not do it personally, but
0: each person makes their own decision. Exactly. Based on you have the right are. to be who right. you are. Right. And I, and that's, that is so important. And we're going to get to, we're certainly going to get to that. There's a point about that in the next habit, but it is so important to not just understand the person, but let the person be who they are. And so in, Common communication styles, we're always trying to figure we're always trying to change the other person or trying to get them to agree with us. And what I have learned from a professional standpoint as a counselor and I have learned through my own relationship about empathetic listening is that it is so important to not try to come to a place of agreement or disagreement. It's way more of a goal in communication relationship goal to try to understand the person. So what that means is is, is that start by listening and committing yourself fully to the process of hearing that person's message, but not just hearing their message and trying to understand their message, but also try to understand their emotional level. What is their message connected to their emotion? They are sad because dot, dot, dot. They are very frustrated right now because dot, dot, dot. So it's not just hearing the message they're saying, but it is coming to an understanding about the emotion. And when you don't come with your own agenda of sharing your emotions and you just say, okay, what I'm going to do is I am going to give my partner the opportunity to be heard and understood first. It will give opportunity for you to be understood there for after. Um, Because that person won't feel as though they are competing with you to be understood so it 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 becomes really important so some of the techniques that you want to use is you want to sort of like get in the same posture as that person so let's just say that um rita wants to talk to me and she's sitting down if she's sitting down and she wants to have a, a very important conversation and she's there's some emotional stress going on and I can visually see that for me to stay standing is communicating to her because it's not just our words that communicate what also communicates is nonverbal cues so if for me to stay standing while she is sitting and she's saying "Hun, I, I need to talk to you about something important what I'm, I'm communicating to her by standing is saying okay what do you have to say but I don't have time it's important for you to reflect the person in their posture. So if she's sitting, you sit. If he is, if he's standing, it would be a good idea to stand because that's probably how, how he wants to have that conversation. He believes that through standing, maybe you're going to be paying more attention. It's important to be nodding your head, having eye contact so that you're not looking in your phone. You're not looking off. You're not drifting asleep. You are allowing that person to know that I am following you and I am committed to understanding what's going on. the The interesting thing about it is, is that if you let a person know that I am committed to understanding where you're coming from, you have already won half the battle in that in that in that conversation, because that person now becomes relaxed because they're like, "Wait, this person loves me enough to try to figure that out," um, and you won't even have to necessarily agree with that person. That's not necessary. You don't have to agree. The point of it is letting that person say, I want to hear what you're saying.
1: Well, I think that that is important because I think sometimes you can, not only is it good sometimes to take on the posture of the person, but sometimes it's even better to take on a more calm posture than maybe the other person. Because maybe Oh, that posture <laughs> is <it laughs> that always is... <laughs> the best one. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, so you that have to evaluate it.
0: Sure, sure. So that person's posture and their their tone is is rough. Um, it it could be to say, I notice that you're really upset about this, and that what I hear you saying is is that you are very frustrated when I, and just so that it it really calms them down because what you're saying in a nutshell is is that. I'm noticing this and it's in, and, and it's important for you to know that I am noticing this. Um, but avoid jumping to the, the thought that you have to agree. Because if you get into this idea that you always have to agree or disagree in a conversation, especially from the beginning, it's going to be very hard to move forward. Because part of the reason why you guys are arguing in the first place is because you don't agree on something. And there is a point that you probably have and the other person has. And it's probably no right and wrong. I mean, if we look at a if we look at a coin or you look at a dollar bill or you look at anything, but I'm just going to use a coin for example. Um, I know that the um, a coin has a head and a coin has a tails. And if you're having a conversation about any particular topic, just imagine it was over a coin. You could argue till your face turns blue that a nickel has a head while the other person could argue till they their face turns red that no a nickel has tails it has you know whatever is on the back end of the head
1: and <laughs> tails a, and if
0: nobody well it's <laughs> not well, well the thing about it is is that it's not necessarily a tail if you're looking at an american coin then it would be a building and then it's a head on the other one so it's not really a tail per se We call it tails, but yeah, Yeah. we're about to get a popping right now over heads and tails, folks. Mm. (laughs) But,
1: you know, when you and I argue, um, when you and I argue, we I know that sometimes you'll not like my reaction. You'll not like my reaction because I'll say, you know what? I hear what you're saying, but I disagree. And then sometimes that could be interpreted as, oh, she just doesn't understand me. And I was like, no, 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 no. I perfectly understand you, Mm -hmm. but I don't agree.
0: Right. And and that's funny because I find I find that that's that is a style. And I think that that's probably something that me and you have struggled with over the years in not letting go of the other person, maybe not agreeing and needing for the other person to agree as if
1: agreeing means understanding. Right. And that I like I like that you pointed that out. It does not necessarily mean on both ends. I could I could say something you don't have to agree with it, but it doesn't mean you misunderstand it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that I think that both of us have experienced that over the years where the other person is trying to get us to do something as opposed to understand us. And so that has been a challenge for me and Rita for a very long time. And I think that we have finally gotten to that place where we're able to accept the other person and to have an understanding conversation, seeking to understand them, giving them the space to say whatever they have to say. And at the end of the day, being willing to walk away with the, the the concept that, okay, this person has these thoughts, they have this, and that's perfectly fine. And it should not have to go one way, or it should not necessarily have to go the other way. And I'm not talking about a win-lose situation or even a lose-lose situation. I'm talking about the ability to accept people for who they are and what they, what they have to say. And how you do that, it's important. To active listen. It begins by being silent, listening to that person, and giving them the environment and the atmosphere where they are actually feeling that you are working hard, not to get your point across, but to actually understand. And as a person that is talking and is trying to be understood, like Rita said, you're not going to help the situation if you're just trying to get someone to agree. I think that it. You could actually further uh, uh, argument and make it worse if your whole point is just to get that person to say what you want to say and to get them to agree to agree, be comfortable with the point of just being understood. So even if you're going to ask a question. You know how questions can be framed from your own reference. So, you know, you're asking leading questions like so what you're saying is that dot 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 and that dot dot is just trying to (laughs) to get them to say what you want to hear them say. No, 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 no. If you're going to ask a question, ask an open ended question. Ask a question that is going to seek more understanding because somehow there's something that they said that you just need clarity on. But don't try to, don't ask a question as though you're probing, you know, for, to, to understand them when all you're trying to do is trying to lead the conversation in your direction. There's so many ways that we fall into these traps or, you know, we think that the person is coming to you and they're looking, you need to give them advice, you know, based on your own experience. So someone is coming and you're giving them advice based on your own experience. You have no idea what that person's going through. Everybody doesn't have the same marriage. They don't have the same husband or the same wife. You know that girlfriend that comes and you tell them the story and a girl, I know, I know. And you know what? He's just a dirty dog. And and they're going into this whole thing. And they're really talking about themselves. They're not even talking about you because they don't really understand the situation. And that's how a lot of people <laughs> kind of go through it. it would, you know what it'd be like? And, and they give this example inside of, um, inside of um, the book. It would be like you going to um, an eye doctor. And you're saying, you know, I am having blurry vision. And I really, you know, need some guidance from you. And he takes off his glasses and he puts it on your face and say, here you go. You're going to feel totally better now because this makes me see perfectly
1: fine
0: (laughs) well you probably will never go back to that that optometrist or that 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 doctor because just because his prescription fit his condition does not necessarily mean it's a fit all for everyone
1: right and so
0: we have to recognize that that even though we are married or even though we have business partners or our children even our children are different And we have to come to conversations with a little bit more respect for the person that you're you're talking to and recognize that you got to get to know them first. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges for us is that we got married and I'm sure we're going to tell this story eventually how we met and how we got married. But (laughs) I'll just drop it. You know, we got married in the same year that we met. And so we did not have the full opportunity to have gotten to know each other fully. Um, before we had already made that commitment to be married to one another. And so that that really um, that really threw us into a situation where, you know, we're making a commitment and we're saying our vows and then we're we're locked into this thing. But but we don't know each other. So now there is a desperation to be understood now within the context of a covenant, as opposed to be seeking to be understood through dating where you still have the freedom to be able to, you know, have individuality and, you know, you're still single. And, but we had to we kind of rushed the whole process. And um, and so our arguments were pretty intense because we really didn't know each other.
1: I barely knew myself. I was only a teenager and uh, it was a rough time.
0: Absolutely. So so empathetic, active listening is so important. Give the speaker your undivided attention. Your goal is to understand both the speaker's message and emotional level, not necessarily to agree with them. And at the end, I think that you will have a way better time in being able to navigate through whatever it is you're talking about. And you and this can apply to your children. This can apply to your marriage. This can apply to friendships. This can apply to business. Seek to understand someone. In fact, from a business standpoint, let's just, let's just touch on a business standpoint. If you seek to understand somebody, like for instance, we're doing a transaction right now with a particular company. We're trying to get something done in our home and we had to get, you know, quotations. Well, who do you think we ended up going with? We ended up going with the guy that sought to understand us, really took some time to talk to us, get to understand us, figure out kind of who we were
1: well, let, let, and let's then just he reflected. say what it was. It was it's we're getting a pool.
0: Right, right. We're and building a pool in our home.
1: We had a quote and one guy came in with a quote. He was prepared. He had all of his materials. He laid it out exactly what our options were and he went over everything extensively. I felt like I could have asked for um anything and he was willing to do it. And um I just really had a great experience he always maintained eye contact he was very friendly mm-hmm. got to he, know our names yeah and... he, he made it very personal and um it was just a really awesome experience i was ready to go with him right away but <laughs> everyone always says don't go with the first quote right so, go. <laughs> you know what sometimes i just don't buy that if i get a good experience or a gut feeling i'm going with them right but this time i said okay well let's go ahead get the second quote another guy comes in sunglasses stay on he has no materials he 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 wants us to now pull it up on our phones you know what no you should have brought in because the other guy ruined it for you because if this is what first of all i would have been upset either way because i always said this is unprofessional but the first guy made this guy look even worse because he did come in with things and you know what when you're choosing tile and you're choosing things you want to just see it like on paper mm-hmm. right in front of you not everything is do i want to see it on my little phone secondly he dismissed me he basically said oh yeah okay hi what i am
0: the female. I, I'm
1: the I'm the woman of the right. of this house, and that's not really a wise way to go and get a sale when you dismiss the woman of the house. Not gonna happen, buddy. And so I just said, I just walked off. Within five minutes of him talking, he wasn't even talking to me, so he, I don't even think he cared or noticed. I just kind of wandered off. I had it in my head. Well, we're not going with him. Mm-hmm. His communica his communication style was just like horrible and of course he was unorganized and unprofessional
0: (laughs) so there was a lot of things going on why that guy got it but one of the things that really impressed us was just the ability for that person to try to get to know us and try to understand who we are
1: he pronounced Murthel's name right right from the start
0: and it's just it was just a pleasant experience and so if you want to get that job if you want to get the business Seek to understand that person, see where they're coming from, talk their language, figure out, you know, even the smallest things. Where are they from? Oh, oh, you're from Cleveland. So how how do you think LeBron James is doing or whatever? Like get into their world, try to figure out what they like, whether it's football or whether it is, you know, um, you know, their sport. And then start talking their language. Seek to understand because, you know, you're going for that job. And, you know, you're on that that level where you're just, you know, you, you're, you're working and you're going for a job interview, you know, read up on the company, seek to understand where they're coming from so that you can like throw some things out there that the average person is not coming in and say, well, I noticed that you guys have this and that. And I was really impressed with this when I read your mission statement that says this and that. And also, I noticed that you guys had a challenge in the fourth quarter with this particular thing. And I had some thoughts on that. Um, you know, have you guys given some consideration to this? Anyhow, I have a, you know, I have some thoughts on that. I've developed a little plan on that. But, um, you know, th- we'll have time to be able to review something like that, you know, at a later date. But I just wanted to let you know that I've been uh, really impressed by your company. You know, like, let them know that you understand and speak the language. Because this is this is so important, guys. This is so important. If a marriage is going to work, if um, if a business relationship is going to work, you need to really practice this. Seek to understand. And then now, trust me, you're going to lead the way. And then as you lead the way, you think, okay, if I am doing all the listening and this person is doing all the talking, I'll never get my point out. That's not true. If you model active, passionate, empathetic listening, you are teaching that person how to treat you so that when you're done showing them and it's now your time to talk. That person will say, Ah, man, I really want to say something, but man, he gave me such good listening. Like, he really, you know what? Let me just, let me just stop and listen to what he's saying. And, and you will have modeled exactly what you wanted other people, how you wanted other people to treat you. So, I just want to encourage you that uh, habit number five is so important. And that's why we just, we took a a, a bit of time on that habit because, first of all, you know, it it really affected us in our marriage. But, Mm -hmm. but, but, second of all, um, it's a, it's a critical, it's a critical habit that you need to get on top of uh, right away. Uh, so habit number six, synergize, synergize. Now it kind of goes hand in hand with seeking to understand somebody because to synergize means that you have two concepts. They could even be competing concepts, some, something that is different and to synergize is to bring the two things together and potentially make something new out of the two concepts and we're living in a world where there are so many differences and and I find that we're getting really polarizing right now our, our our world our culture our country is getting really polarizing and so when you hear an alternative view to or an alternative lifestyle or somebody doing something different or being different or is different it's like it's like oh no that's the wrong way to do it and um, to, to have that concept, that mentality of synergy and synerg- um, to, to synergize is to be willing to work together, to be willing to open your mind and be open-minded to new possibilities. Have the conversation, have the dialogue. It doesn't mean that you're saying that you're going to do it differently. It means that you're open to having the conversation. And I don't feel that people are really ready for that right now in society. We're so polarized.
1: Yeah, we are. We're like oil and water right now or magnets that just won't come together, you know, Mm -hmm. two magnets. But I think that family in general is a form of synergy. You take a husband and a wife, most likely from, you know, hopefully from different families and, you know, (laughs) you you bring them together and you create something new, you know? Exactly. You know, it's it's synergy. I like his point, you know, it's pretty natural, though, because you take a company, you get people from all walks of life or, and or, you know, different educational backgrounds and you build a company. So it, it has synergies all over the place. Like right. this world is built on on synergy, you know, mm-hmm. so I don't really feel like this is a habit you have to really work on. Maybe you just have to um, appreciate it
0: i think that there's a lot of people that have to work on it people like especially these days we're. it's almost like we're all going into these little groups these little cliques and clans and saying this is my clan and i'm sticking to it
1: i guess you're right maybe we and, do need to i guess so much of it happens naturally that as i i guess i was thinking it was it happens so naturally that it just it just happens you know and that how how do you really work on it but i guess if I were to think about it, you have to work on appreciating synergy and be willing to open yourself up to synergy and really understanding that you don't have all the answers and your way is not the only way, that there is a better way. And not that you have to abandon your way, but you, like you said, you combine, combine your sure. efforts, combine it.
0: And, and and not always a better way, but just another way. Exactly. And what synergy does is it's in the combination of two different concepts coming together something completely new emerges that creates that better way and if those two things never came together they it would never it's almost like it's almost like science you know if if hydrogen you know if two atoms of hydrogen never came with one atom of oxygen you would never ever discover water You know there are some things that would never be discovered compounds scientific compounds that would never be discovered if two different things never came together
1: yeah that's a really good analogy
0: right and so that's kind of what synergy is um and just think about it in the opposite way like you said uh hopefully two families you know (laughs) about look at the royal families back into in the you know the 16th century and the 15th century and the intermarrying trying to you know, keep the bloodline so that you don't, you know, you don't lose the throne. Well, look what happened there. <laughs> you know, a lot of sickly people, a lot a of lot sickly of offspring. Sickly.
1: hemophilia.
0: Hemophilia and craziness and, you know. <laughs>
1: it's so true. Insanity, <laughs> man. Insanity. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, when we try to, when we want this, this whole concept of, um, you know, just, just this homogeneous type of way of doing things. And we're not open to um, diversity. There is beauty and there is growth in diversity. And some of the nations, like America, is sort of like an ex- this experiment that we see so many great things happening. N- and not everything, you know, is always great. But one of those concepts of greatness is when you take people from all over the world uh, you have an engineer from India, you have a physician from China, you have um, somebody in robotics and somebody in um, the naturopath and somebody from, and you, and you gather these people from all over the world, great minds, um, different cultures, different thought processes to build an army, to build infrastructure, to build civilization. And all these great people come together in that diversity, you create a very, very strong nation. But when you have a homogeneous type of situation going on, as strong as they think they are, it still presents a weakness because you have the same thought processes. You have the one culture, you have that one way of doing things, and it just doesn't lend to a strong nation.
1: Well, I alluded earlier to the fact that um, Marthel and I had to become more alike in some ways in order to cut down on some of our arguments. But when we first got married, I mean, we thought we were way more alike than we were.
0: Yeah, we looked at our skin and we said, We're both black. We're
1: both black. I'm sure that everything yeah. will work out. <laughs> but race
0: race is really a construct. It was it's a it's a sort of like a manipulative construct because race like skin, just the skin. It doesn't matter whether someone is dark and they have the exact same skin complexion. Culture and belief systems and way of life lifestyle is far more important
1: than your skin it's true because we're both black but he was born and raised in toronto his parents are jamaican descent and he was born in canada that is such a different upbringing than me i was born and raised in la los angeles i had way more in common with white hispanic filipino everybody that Off i was that raised region. around more, yeah. around in california than i did with him and it, that is is so it was interesting when we got together and we started to see a lot of differences just in our mentality with how we approach our work how we approach um parenting how we approach communication mm-hmm. how we approach even relaxing how right. we approach everything everything, everything. food family everything was different
0: everything was different and, well not everything because one of the things that we had in yeah. common was except our for faith this.
1: except for that was we our both faith had and we same, came from the same denomination same and, religion and denomination and
0: so there are some norms in our denomination that transcends culture yes we will have same organizational groups same practices we eat similar types of food that cross over culture yeah so you could find that in in within our denomination you see that everywhere so that is really what tied us together but the differences that we had the assumption was that our skin would be the (laughs) end all and be all and it certainly was not it wasn't the end all and be all if
1: I were to marry a black if I were to have married a black British man same thing it would have been the exact same Mm -hmm. um, differences um, uh, African Mm -hmm. Uh, Aborigine from uh, from uh, Australia uh, right? like it, it's it's still beyond just the color of your skin. It really, and I know is. this this conversation isn't even about race, but we're just talking about synergy. Synergy. We're still talking about synergy. we yeah. d-
0: differences, but but what but what it when we decided that we were going to understand each other when it came, it took us many many years to get to that place of mutual understanding. <laughs> yeah. But when we got to that place of mutual understanding, I believe that the differences that we have has now strengthened our relationship. And we're able to move forward. But we weren't able to move forward because we were bucking at these differences, trying to get the other person to say, you know, this is the right way to do it or this is the wrong way to do it. When really it was neither right or wrong. It was your way and my way.
1: Right, right. And I think about like when I was living in Toronto (laughs) and I'm laughing because it was just it was eye opening. I would go to his doctor, and I'm hearing this Chinese man sound totally like Jamaican with his patois, right? And I did not, and then I would, I would, I would go other places, and I would hear Indians, you know, from you know India, and they're also speaking patois, and there I found that they were from like Trinidad, mm-hmm. and I'm just like what.
0: Well, not Whoa. not necessarily pato, but they were speaking well, their Trinidadian, Trinidadian dialect. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, I'm sorry, but yes, um, it, it's it was just eye opening for me because I was like, oh wow, right. I, this is not what I expected. So, if in those parts, like you and, would take a Chinese-born Jamaican, right. you would take a, a black Jamaican, and they would have far more in common than me and the Jamaican,
0: right? And 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 there's a lot of Indian Jamaicans as well. You would. Uh, an Indian Jamaican would have far more in common with a black person or a Chinese than they would with somebody from India, even though their skin color looks the same, same with a Chinese Jamaican. They would have far more in common um, with somebody who shares the same culture, the same understanding. And so this whole thing, this whole idea of race based on skin, it's it's kind of a little bit deceptive. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, we have far more in common with people that may look completely different than us, but was brought up in the same region and have some of the same similar beliefs. And so, um, but the synergy that we're talking about really is 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 that begin to challenge yourself to not just stay within the circles of people that you grew up with, and allow yourself to branch out and op- be open to at least. Dialogue with somebody that is different, because when you do that, you're going to be able to um, to be connected with far more people. It it would be hard today, in a, in a in a day and age that we're living in, for you to think that you can have a business and think that you can be racist or anyist for that matter, and think that that is going to um, ultimately, in a broader sense, truly work for you. Um, the the best way for you to be able to create something that is global, that is long lasting, that is evergreen is when you not necessarily embrace everything, but adopt the attitude that I'm going to be open to understand others and to seek understanding and to because that will create the synergy. There was an example that the book gave and it said if you plant two plants together their roots will commingle and improve the quality of the soil so that both plants will grow better than they would have on their own and a lot of people don't understand there's a science to this synergy there's a science to do doing this that we improve one another and we improve ourselves. so if you want to do it even for a selfish reason we improve ourselves when we challenge ourselves we grow and so um habit number six synergy I think that we experience that even just in our marriage and and coming together from our two cultures.
1: Definitely.
0: Yeah. So the last one is sharpen the saw. And what that means by sharpening the saw is work on yourself. Don't believe that you have already arrived. It's, you know, You know, we oftentimes look at our past successes and we just kind of like stay right there, thinking that we can just stay in the same spot. Well, even the sharpest knife becomes to get dull if it never gets sharpened. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point. You need self-development. You need personal development and growth and health. So it's time to pull away. Sharpening the saw is to pull away. Do some self-introspection. Begin to challenge and start to reflect on both your both your weaknesses and your strengths and begin to do an analyzing and analysis on yourself and go on a spiritual journey, a journey where you are embracing who you are, both good and bad, whatever you want to, you know, title that you want to put on that. And and then begin to formulate a way of how all of it can work together for the good of your overall mission that you have. That's sharpening the saw. So it means pay attention to your emotional state of being. You're exhausted. You're, you're, you're stressed out. You're depressed. Don't just keep on plummeting forward. You know, um, relationally, You're disconnected from your partner. You're disconnected from your children. Don't just keep on plummeting forward as if that's one goal of making money or whatever that thing is, your biggest concern. We need to be multi-dimensional. We need to be multifaceted. We need to be able to look at ourselves as a whole, as spiritual beings also, and to have a renewing experience. Seek a renewal. And that's what sharpening the saw is. Seek a renewal. So how me and Rita do that is our faith plays a very critical role in our seeking renewal and so we have these mini renewals every single day in our worship life when we get into the word and we have our personal devotion that is that that is that daily renewal
1: i find that when we don't do it you know i feel like there is something missing but when we're on a good day and we've had that time i can just feel a change in the whole household Right. we'll do it together we'll do it as a family and a sense of purpose a sense of peace and a sense of of just an overall good feeling of wow i i've nourished inside right i've nourished me
0: exactly so Like like Rita said, the days that we fall off of that, we f- we sense it. We absolutely sense it. Right now, we're going through the purpose-driven life again. I, we, we went through that early on in our relationship when it first came out. We had the journal. We went through it, and it's amazing now going through it again as a family now. We really enjoy it, and our kids are really enjoying it, especially because they're at an age now where they're branching out. They're about to become adults and go off to university and, you know, and they're, they're building their brand and they're building their business. And there's all these transitions that are taking place in their life. They're reaching the age where now they're, you know, open for dating and they're open for, you know, this new life, adulthood, basically, you know, what a young adult would go through. And so this book is so instrumental in them formulating that plan, like, what is my purpose and how do I find my purpose and where what how does a person move forward? And so the purpose driven life is just is a part of our renewal experience right now. At this point in time, that's a book that we're using right now. We've had several books that we've gone through and several motivational speakers. Eric Thomas, um, who talks about Thank God It's Monday. Um, that was, you know, a really critical time in our business development where he played a huge role in. Um, in our personal lives for a very, very long time, just getting that pep talk and that boost, that spiritual boost. So for each one of you, it's going to be something different. Um, but it's so important for you to recognize that you just can't keep on going. You do need rest. You do need renewal.
1: hmm. I think that for a lot of people, it's very easy to not do it and just distract yourself with either eating or entertainment or sleeping. And it's just like everything else. it's a habit. It's a habit you have to actually cultivate, to actually take care of yourself in that way spiritually. It's, you know, people say, oh, I don't like self-help books, but there's a lot of ways to do it. You could watch a video on YouTube, you could listen to a podcast, you could, um, Even listening to certain songs that that uplift you, Mm -hmm. you could read a book, you could listen to to an audio book, like there's a million ways to do it and to just nourish your soul. And for some people that sounds like new agey, but it's just a fact that our spiritual side of ourselves is just as important as our physical, you know, and our emotional well being just There's a spiritual side to us that wants to connect, that wants to think higher thoughts. At the end of the day, most people on their deathbed, that's the part that they are thinking about. How did I treat others? How did I, what kind of choices did I make in my life? Mm -hmm. Those are the things that you're thinking about, what kind of character you had. And so starting to work on yourself, you know, sharpen your saw, you know, starting from now, you will i think that at the end of the day at the end of your road you'll be able to look back and go wow okay Uh, this is what i was able to share and and be with the rest of the world and you'll look back on it and i think you'll feel better about your life
0: absolutely we have to take care of ourselves and it has to happen on a daily basis and i know uh there's some people um there was a guy in particular um that i was watching his um his his video on facebook And he was encouraging people to develop the habit of waking up in the morning and smiling and what a smile will do, how it will change your complete attitude. Just smiling. It communicates to the brain that something good is happening because it associates a smile with positivity. And so taking the time to smile and then he goes further to say, take the time to stretch and just to breathe deeply to allow the oxygen to hit your brain. And then think positive and, re- and, and, and rehearse positive thoughts about the day and about yourself. These are spiritual activities and exercises that you can implement daily starting in the morning so that you're starting on the right foot. Don't start off with negativity. Don't start off with stress. Don't start off with what you're concerned about. Start off with something that is gonna nourish your soul, your soul, that's going to sharpen your saw. And don't just do that daily. One of the things that we, in, we have practiced, um, Rita and I, the Onyx family has practiced, is once a week, we keep the Sabbath. And so the Bible says that, you know, uh, six days you should labor and then one day take away for God. And so many people will take that day and they'll go to church and they will, you know, have a great time listening to the minister. They're joining the choir. They're singing songs and they're reflecting on their creator and their friend. And we will take that time with the family. We oftentimes will eat something that is delicious and just bonding. It's a little bit special. It's that special day. We'll go for a walk. We'll we'll try to find some positive thing that we can do for the community or something. Or we'll just relax and read a great book or watch a really good movie that is going to tap into some of the values that we hold dear to ourselves. And um, so there's some times where we'll take Of the day that we'll take individually and then there's some times where we'll come together. But at least once a week, we make sure that we pull aside and we do something special that bonds us together as a family and to just reflect on, you know, um, the divine. And that's really important. So it's not just every day, but there's something about taking some time off from work. Turn your phone off. Shut the computer down. Stop listening to the news. The news is always negative anyhow. You know, you need a break from that. (laughs) You need a break from social media. You need uh, you need to rest your eyes and don't worry about where your profit is at that day. Don't worry about what's going to happen. Shut down your computer. Turn off your phone. (laughs) Do something that's connecting with the earth that is connecting with your community. That's connecting with your family. That's connecting with your God.
1: I noticed that I was developing a habit of waking up feeling guilty. Every morning I was waking up and I would review like, okay, wait, what did I forget to do yesterday? Or what did I not do for work? What should I not have eaten? And I started to realize that I can't just wake up feeling guilty. Like that's going to actually help me. (laughs) You know, I would much rather wake up with a smile and affirm the things that I did, affirm the things that I did right, it was almost as if I found virtue in guilt. No. Right. Wrong way of thinking because it just, it does not, it just, it what it did was it led to feeling in worse and then making bad decisions because I was like, ugh whatever i guess i've messed up already and i've only been awake like five minutes
0: <laughs> <It's a> motivating, <laughs> motivating you're trying to motivate yourself through guilt trying yeah. to a copa, you know take a whoop and yeah. lash your back. five
1: days a day is shot already it's already shot. I say five days five minutes the but, day is yeah. shot already so forget it, it,
0: it the day is gone because you have discouraged yourself and if anybody wants to um to learn a little bit more about thoughts Listen to um, the podcast that we have on the power of thoughts. That's right. I mean, you could really shoot out your whole day. But these seven habits, um, be proactive. You know, you you don't think that the problem exists outside of yourself and it's determining how your life is going to be. No, you have... The responsibility. You have the ability to respond to your life. You can take ownership of whatever the situation is, even if it was a bad situation that you were even born into. You need to be proactive. Another habit that, in review now, as we're reviewing and coming to a close, is begin with the end in mind. Highly effective people always have a plan. And when you begin with the end in mind, even if you go off track, just like a plane, sometimes will have to go around turbulence. You will eventually get to that final destination because you have a GPS that has you locked in on that mission, locked in on that vision, locked in on that, vision, in on that final destination that you have. And, and and you may have challenges, but it's not going to take you fully off course. You're going to be able to get back on course. Habit number, number three first things first. Prioritize. Have a priority. Not everything is the most utmost importance and has to be done right away. When you have a list of priorities and you understand and you're living by principle, you're not going to allow your feelings to take you off track. You're going to be able to be more disciplined and understand that this needs to come first. So I'm going to put this first. People that don't have first things first and don't know how to prioritize and don't live by principles, everything becomes something that can take them off track. Number four, Think win-win. Business, relationship, families, if you're going to have, if you're working towards a financial empire, if you're looking to have a happy home, you need to think win-win. It's not all about you. It's not good enough for you to see that your life is on track and your partner is not or somebody else is not. It's not good enough to go into a deal and it's all heavily weighed in on your end and not on the other person. You're going to lose that partner and that business is not going to work out because your workers are not going to be motivated if you're underpaying them and you're overworking them. So you have to think in every way. Win-win. It's the best thing and it actually turns out better for you because now you have a team working together on your behalf. Not, you're not creating enemies that you have to watch your back. Habit number five, which we went over today, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Don't believe the lie that you have to talk first and you have to talk louder and you have to talk faster and you have to get it out. And once you're understood, everything will be okay. No, it's actually the opposite. You teach people how to under how to approach you through uh, empathetic understanding by doing it yourself. Teach them how to listen to you by doing it yourself. So when you active listen, when you communicate to them in a style that is respectful and that they get the sense that you understand where they're coming from, they will already have been taught by you how to listen to you to, to, to towards a place of understanding. Habit number six, synergize. Just because that person different, just because they have a different point of view, just because you're unfamiliar with that way of doing things. Stay open. Stay open to new possibilities. I'm not saying just go run out and throw out all your values. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that stay open. There is some benefit in even the dialogue and the dialogue of openness and that the posture of openness will allow true synergy to take place. And as you're sitting there and you don't even know how you're going to move forward, but you're but you're creating an atmosphere for synergy just by staying in the tension, staying in that place. Just like me and Rita, we stayed there for 20 years now and now we are synergized. Now we are we are hitting our stride. We can't fully even explain it to you how it happens. All we know is it's like a plant. It may fight against, the roots may fight against each other, but somehow it's creating fertile soil. And now we are taking off, even though we came together with tension and differences, now the synergy is working very well and we are no longer who we came in with. We are new people. I am an actual new person. Rita's an actual new person. And it took time, but this new me, this new Rita is better today because we chose to embrace one another's differences and allow synergy to take place. And the last one is making sure, habit number seven, for highly effective people, make sure you sharpen your saw. Your, your benefits and your, your successes of yesterday is not good enough for today. You need to keep on sharpening your saw. You need to make sure that you are experiencing daily renewal Weekly renewal, renewing yourself spiritually, emotionally, and physically, taking care of your health, making sure that you're eating the right things, getting enough rest, connecting with others, uh, watching how you think and what's going on in your mind, and connecting with something bigger than yourself. And for us, it's our faith. It means a world to us, and, it, and we would not be where we are today if it was not for our faith and, you know, um, there's going to be opportunities for us to share a little bit more about that with you. But for now, we hope that we have um, given you something to really food for the soul. And we pray that and we hope that um, these seven habits you will adopt it in your family so that you can also live the onyx life.
1: All right. Thanks for listening. Join us again Monday through Friday. Show notes are found at the onyxlife.com where you can also submit questions through the ask us section join our facebook the onyx life follow us on twitter at the onyx life and on instagram at the onyx life official
0: now go and live that onyx life where change comes with challenge see you next
1: time